comedy mushroom cult podcast i'm ray roberts this is the weekly installment of this podcast that's still going strong as of now um just had a good comedy weekend hosting opening whatever you want to call it that's one of my favorite like delineations that like comics at my level maybe even like a little bit higher or like a tad bit like right in the same range that i'm in is when the instead of saying hosting they'll say opening even though i'm pretty sure like the opening act is supposed to be like the feature like if it's like a theater you have your opener then you have like the main one and the opener does like 20 which is that but whatever so you're a host I hosted uh, for Dustin Nickerson, got to see an old pal, Alec Parent, who was the feature act this weekend, and pal around with them for a couple of days. Um, It was very nice. Um, It was a good time. It's always nice to be in a club, uh, hanging out, um, doing stuff like that. Um, It is one of those, like, rejuvenating kind of deals, and I'm by no means, like, on the road all the time and, like, grinding and going from town to town to town, which it's, like, starting to pick up, which is good, um, but it's, like, nice where it's almost, like, it's the closest you get to, like, a real job, quote-unquote real job, where, like, you know that you're gonna see the same people, like, the next few days, and so you kind of settle in, you've got, like, the hour between shows, you've got during showtime, you've got before shows, so it's kind of, like, a nice setup where, like, yeah, it's cool. Um, like, this month I've got a show with uh, Northeast Ohio comedian uh, Jason Moliterno. I haven't seen him in a while. It'll be cool to catch up with him. But it's like, hey, we'll see each other for, like, a little bit before the show, maybe hang out for a bit after the show, but then you go your your separate ways. Where a club you usually have, like, at least a day or two where you're, like, hanging out and you've got, like, that hour before that you're there, a little bit after... Um, and then you go and do it the next day. So, like, it's nice when, like, you get along. Um, so it was nice. Like, you pal around. You get a little advice. Um, you always want to take advantage of... You don't want to be, like, a pest and be like, hey, tell me how to get successful. Or, like, tell me if I can, like, open for you. Like, that's weird. But, like, asking, like, pointed questions of, um, like, how was it when you were doing this? Or, like, how do you feel about X? How do you feel about Y? Like, where did you bridge the gap? Like, it's always nice to have, like, somebody who knows what they're doing, um, or at least, like, knows, um, sorry, I got an email saying that I was being audited for my business taxes, for my business that I've never filed taxes with, so, um, but, uh, yeah, so it was, like, nice, um, Dustin's a really cool guy, um, it's always nice when you, like, meet somebody and they're kind of, um, exactly everything that they advertise, and not everything, I mean, obviously people are different off stage. um, not everybody's, like, it's one of those things where, um, it happened this weekend where one of the people at the club, um, and she's nice, and she's, like, a comedian herself, and, uh, has been working at the club, she asked me to, like, sign an autograph, uh, for her, because she's got, a, like, a notebook that she's trying to get people to sign, which is very nice, and I'm very thankful and, um, honestly honored that anybody would want me to sign their thing, but it's, like, still very weird, uh, because 
like on stage or even on social media and even on here maybe a little bit like all like you project like this confidence and like you have to have like a swag to you or I mean unless you want to be like one of those I'm not shit comedians but like I don't know I know I'm talented I know I can do something that a lot of people can't do and wish they could and I'm pretty good at it so like why not play that up a little bit and be like like ratchet up the confidence a little bit um but it is an act like what you're doing on stage is like you kind of highlight and like focus in on a certain part of your personality um at least that's what I do I mean yeah I play into being kind of like a snickering shithead and um all that good stuff and like that was something that for a while I tried to live off stage too because like it felt more authentic but you can like write like that and be like that and then just play around with it a little bit like that's like the like the bonus that we get is we get to control what we put out there and all that good stuff but back to the main point of like her asking for like an autograph and I was like yeah I don't know why you would want one from me like please ask somebody other than me like I don't want to waste space on your book um, but then she was like, yeah, but you project like that, like you're not like this at all on stage. And it's like, yeah, I don't want to be like sniveling and weak and like weird about people caring what I have to say on stage. I'm trying to make them laugh. Um, but no, like, so Justin is like very nice off stage and like got a peek behind some of like the business side of things a little bit, um, a little advice about like living and like the balance of everything and how he does things with his family and that's for him to tell but like it's just nice where you get like you get people who like are where you want to be and then see that there's like a whole nother level they're trying to get to and seeing how like their differences getting up to that and then like hanging out with Alec who's like been on the road for a while who's like features for a lot of these people and I met him um featuring for Zoltan and I know that he works with a lot of these people and like seeing that level too and seeing what you have to do to like survive in that as well so it was just very nice like you don't get you don't get that really anywhere else and like comedy festivals are fun because you get to see your friends and you get to hang out and it's like everybody's kind of just like doing a work vacation trip and yeah you like network and all that other shit but like there's nothing quite like that bunker mentality of like all right, we've got these four shows that we got to do together, or five shows or six shows or whatever. Like, we're stuck together for this amount of time. We're stuck in a room together. Nobody else in this place, like, knows what we're going through. Um, like, nobody knows a crowd really like you do when you're up there. And so it's just a... And you notice, like, little different things than other people do. Like, um, people up front, like being like a like they're enthusiastic and then like there's like that fun line and you kind of get a little sensitive to it and you let other people know it's just I don't know it's fun it's almost like when I'm working at the coffee shop and you're like oh this person wants double vanilla or whatever but like they're very sure so like it's just like a different shorthand communication and it's nice to like meet other people who kind of communicate like that and get it um where like if you're just at mics or like around people who like, and this isn't shitting on anybody that's on, like, a quote-unquote lower, um, wrong, because there's not, like, it's gonna end for all of us, and people pop up and drop back down, but, like, 
when you're at an open mic and you're talking about like, oh yeah, like when I was talking to so-and-so and so-and-so, like instead of like, some people will see that as braggy or name dropping or like, but like they're using, it's citing your sources. Like, hey, this is what this person says. This is what this person says. And none of us really know what's going on. So it's, it's nice to like collaborate and get together. And especially when you're like, all in a certain age range, like, I think Alec is close to my age, Dustin's a little bit older than I am, so, like, you can have that, like, not, like, we're not going out and partying afterwards, like, he's got a family and wife and kids, and, like, he'll have a few drinks and whatnot, but, like, he's not gonna go club or, like, try to pick up chicks or anything, so you can talk about things like actual life and, and how to manage all that stuff, so it's, it's, it's just nice, um, What's not nice, and I don't know if I'm supposed to do it, but, like, there's not enough people on here for that listen to this that really matter, um, and it's not going to get in the way of anything, but um, we had to decide on our late show on... So, like, it's... There's always, like, that fun wave of, like, if you have, like, a Thursday through Saturday weekend, like, Thursday, you usually travel in, you do your one show, uh, that's, like, the 7.30 show, you're done by, like, 9, 10 o'clock at the latest... Um, you get back to like the Airbnb or the hotel or whatever, and then you just like hang out, take a nap. You don't really have to do anything Friday during the day until the other shows. Um, and that's really kind of when the weekend starts. Like, yes, the Thursday show is a real one, but like it's a Thursday, like it's not two shows. It's only one show. Um, and then Friday, like early show is usually fun. Friday late show is just like notoriously like the worst show. Um, just cause everybody's hammered or it's a little bit lighter or just like, it's a little weird. Like people just got off of work that day, maybe got paid, went out to dinner beforehand, get a little loose, get a little crazy. Uh, cause they don't have to do anything the next day. Um, so like, that's always like wrangling cats. Um, then like Saturday early show is usually like the best one for me. Um, just because you're two or three shows into the weekend, uh, you're real sharp, you're doing it, like, you're moving on, you know, like, the pace of the show, you know everybody else's act, like, you kind of know, like, everything's kind of blended together, working, and then, um, like, Saturday late show is usually, like, super loose, because everybody's kind of just done with the weekend, it's, that's your Friday uh, after like two o'clock in the afternoon where everybody's just like, well, fuck it, we're going. And you still do a good show and you're trying your best. And, um, but that's kind of when it's like a little bit looser. It's 10 at night. The crowds had a couple of drinks, the staff's ready to be done. Um, everybody's just kind of ready to be done. And especially like if the, the Saturday early show goes really well, you like wish that that could have been the end of it just because like, that's a great punctuation to end it on. And then you have to go and and do a late show. Um, well that kind of happened on Saturday where just everybody had a killer early show Saturday. Um, it was a full packed crowd. Uh, we crushed it. Everybody did really well. And then you're just like, wow, now we got to like wait an hour for another show. Um, obviously we love doing comedy. We like getting paid to do comedy and want to pick up that extra couple bucks, but you're like, do you know what? I'd almost sacrifice a couple dollars to have that be like the lasting memory of the whole time. Um, and then while you're hanging out before the, the second show, uh, they find some sort of flying creature around in like the rafters of the club in the showroom. Um, and you have to decide, <laughs> they have to decide whether or not they're doing the uh, late show, uh, because we don't know if it's a bird or a bat or what it is. Um, and in the moment, like I'm in the pocket, I'm like the host of the show. I don't, 
I'm making not that much money to be there. Um, every show I do makes me more money, and I could use that money. Um, I don't have guaranteed deals, stuff like that. Um, <clears throat> so it's kind of uh, a little wonky. Like, yeah, of course I'm going to do it. Like, I've done shows where people, like, are yelling or fighting or the cops were just there. Like, you do that because if you don't, you don't get paid and whatever. But, like, there's other people who are, like, worried about it and so it's like easy just to be like cavalier and like yeah let's do it we're only saying words blah 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 it's only a bat or a bird or something like that but let me tell you how distracting it is to have a wild animal in the room uh while you're on stage and you don't know where it is um because it's easy to be like i'm gonna survive 10 minutes i'm gonna tell my jokes get in get out um, everybody else has to be up there for longer than me. It's not the end of the world, but like when you're in the pocket telling jokes and then maybe you're getting a, like, you're getting a good laugh and then you have that second of, all right, I don't want to step on the laughs. We want to roll it into the next thing, but then it takes an extra like beat and then you can remember, oh shit, there's a wild animal, uh, just up in the rafters here flying around and I have no idea where it is. And then you kind of get a little weird and wonky. So it was a very, like, disjointed set. And it kind of put a whole, like, uh, weird energy in the room. Uh, every, and, like, a few of the crowd saw it. And, I mean, I don't fault the club at all for, for doing it. If it were up to me and I were the manager, I would have said, yeah, let's do it. And then kind of told us to suck it up a little bit. So I'm not, like, mad at that at all. Um, it's just, like, a very weird risk-reward for, like, a, a crowd of, like, 40 people to to see that but hey it's their business um i made my money and like i'm not regretting it and i'm not mad about it it was just like a, just a fun like everybody like just kind of like that bunker of we're all in the green room like fuck we got to deal with this bat situation and like we don't know if we can say anything about it because we don't know, want like the crowd to panic it's almost like what you would think the government's like when they find out aliens are real like we knew that aliens were real they were flying around a few people saw it but they didn't know what they saw that's that's kind of what the situation was like we know that there's something up there we don't know what it is but we don't want to incite a panic so we can't just let them we can't let the crowd uh know that we're worried about it and we have to distract them from it so uh yeah we did a massive cover-up of aliens in the showroom but no it was fun it was cool getting paid money to do stand-up is very weird um getting asked to sign somebody's autograph book is also very interesting um but it's cool as well like it's one of those things where um, like compliments is starting to stack and I don't want this whole podcast to be, look at, look at me. Um, but like things are starting to stack, you know, and it's like, it feel it's, it's weird getting compliments and it's weird for so long to be, cause you have to be loosely delusional to do this, um, and keep doing it and like sustain through bad times and, like dry times and especially like covid times when there's like no stand up that it, that really exists and you have to like be like no but I'm special enough that I have to keep it going um that when other people start catching up to you and like I have like a good imposter um syndrome and I think that that's it's a healthy uh kind of dichotomy of if I wake up and I'm feeling good 
I'm feeling like I could take over the world. Uh, but if I'm not feeling good, it's like, oh no, I have to work on, like I have to work to compensate for what these people think I am or what I think these people think I am. So I think that's healthy. Like, I don't think you ever want to be like, everything I say is amazing. Um, all the time. Like you want to be like, this is amazing. And everything I say is amazing when you have like that confidence, but you don't want to do it all the time. Cause that's when you get detached from reality. But I don't know. It's just weird. Like getting a comp, like I've had two people tell me that I need to get used to, um, people wanting my <laughs> autograph. I've had somebody tell me I'm getting a special this week. Like it's a lot of stuff piling up. So it's nice and it's encouraging. Uh, but then you just have to like, it also kind of overlapped with, like, my depression period, so it was like, yeah, you guys don't even know, like, this sucks, my brain is, uh, <laughs> is telling me otherwise, so it's nice, and, like, the universe steps in and, and, like, gives you what you need when you need it, um, but it's still just a very weird thing to be like, I'm gonna be the one who compliments myself and pumps myself up for, the better part of a decade, and then when people start coming around, you're like, are you sure? Like, I've had, I've created this entire world in my brain, um, and I'm afraid that you're falling for it, too, but it's good. Um, new stuff starts, like, seems to be working pretty well. Uh, we have a bunch of other cool shows lined up, so I'm very excited for that. Um, that's kind of the weekend update. The People at Bark Entertainment Skyline Comedy Club is always fun. Um, it always feels like a family when you walk up there and that's why I like working those clubs is like yes the whole point to all of this is like eventually you'll be grinding on the road alone and like you'll be <clears throat> like going in and out and like you kind of have to shoulder a lot of it because you're an independent contractor you're the act you're the business you're the product um, but it's nice like going to a spot where like the people know you and they kind of know how you work they know like like, you can just kick in, have a conversation with them, and then go and do it. Like, they're, it's not even, like, a lot of them aren't even impressed because it's just a job. So, like, they don't really give a shit. Um, but, like, they're still nice, and they accommodate you, and they take care of you. And, like, when it's going well, they, they love it. Because if you're doing well, they're usually getting better money. So, it's it's nice. Like, it's it's really that, like, it feels like that teamwork thing. And when you have a good weekend, it's nice. And I keep, like, it almost propels, like, propels propels you to like the next one and gives you like that little nugget of oh this is coming up again here soon so that's nice um that being said uh book me on more stuff so i can do that or pay me more money because um it's uh it's it's hard out here for a pimp uh that's weird to say into a microphone anyways um oh yeah deshaun watson news that's what we're gonna go next to uh, came out this morning that he suspended six games, uh, especially on this podcast now uh, when it's just me bouncing around. Uh, we're going to get like a hodgepodge of things. I I grew up uh, a Green Bay Packers fan in like the suburbs of Toledo uh, because when I was growing up, the Browns were terrible and they were about to get kicked out of like their uh, stadium. And uh, Toledo's closer to Detroit than Cleveland anyway, so like Cleveland seems way further away. And I wasn't going to root for the Lions. And uh, the year that I picked a team was 1996, uh, the year that the Packers won the Super Bowl because the Packers uh, beat the Cowboys, who are my dad's favorite team. So I grew up a Packers fan, uh, rode with them for a while. Then I moved uh, to go to college at Kent State, 
uh, moved to Northeast Ohio, and, like, then you, like, start falling in love with Cleveland stuff. Uh, so I became a Browns fan during, like, the season before the 0-16, so, like, the 1-15 season is when I started, like, really, and you have to follow them because they're there, and if you like the sport, you have to be aware of them. Um, so, like, they were always kind of, like, a second team. Uh, but during the 0-16 season is when I, like, really latched on to them. Um, and then it's, like, a fun time to, like, get in with the rebuild. Um, and then you have fun. Like, because being a Browns fan isn't like anything else. It's been terrible for so long. Then it finally starts getting good. You win a playoff game. And then your team decides to sign the guy who um, allegedly sexually assaulted 25-plus women uh, and massage therapists, which is very unfortunate. So it's one thing, and like he didn't, to be fair, if we were going to be fair on this, uh, all of the court cases got dropped, he settled the lawsuits, he's paid them, uh, the NFL adjudicator heard his uh, case and decided that suspending him six games was adequate, uh, but it's one of those things where even if, let's say 99% of the people are lying and just piling on, um, it was enough of a conduct for 25 women to come out and say that it was inappropriate and that they felt uncomfortable, which people being uncomfortable isn't illegal, but it's also uh, just not a good time in history to be accused of like sexual misconduct with 25 plus women. Um, sorry, 24. It's right in front of me on the screen here. Um, so 24 women, and that's just, you know, it's not a good look. So when your favorite football team uh, hires that guy, also makes him the highest paid uh, quarterback with all guaranteed money, and uh, they set up the contract to benefit him, where they only are paying him, like, the league minimum for this year because they knew he was going to get suspended. So they knew he did something wrong, and yet still paid him the most money just to get him, which, fine, like, that's going to be cool. Like, if you were the best or one of the best to do anything, like, being so good that people ignore when you uh, break the law is kind of cool. Um, but it's not a good time in uh, the history of the world to do that. Um, and I don't know. It's just also, I mean, never was a good time to do that if we're going to, like, nitpick. But it's also just, like, a weird time. It's weird for your team to do that. So I just, I jumped ship. I decided not to be a Browns fan anymore. Um, because you can't, you just can't support it. And like, you just see, it's just so funny when people are, uh, very ingrained in being a fan of a football team when it's just a business. Like, it's like if, um, like I work at a coffee shop and if somebody came up to me and were like, you guys are better than Starbucks and I support you guys no matter what, um, because I support you more than Starbucks. And it's like, all right, cool. Like you just have a favorite brand. Like, you have a favorite brand name, you have a favorite business, and you are going to, like, just die on a hill for what those people do. Like, it just as soon as, like, that guy ends up on your team, you're like, yeah, but it's not as bad as they say. Like, that's just a very weird way. And I even, like, I know people who, like, claim to be into social justice, um, are, like, those be on the right side of history people, but just because this guy is wearing orange, they're like, well, I mean, there was no... Like, he, he didn't break the law, like the court said. And it's just, like, that's kind of not the point. Like, and I don't even think athletes should be heroes. Like, teach your own kids, um, find your heroes your own way. 
Um, don't look up to people who are just good at playing a game. But if you're going to be on television, you're going to get paid, th- I think it's like 300 plus million dollars guaranteed um, to do that. And like if your brand is going to just like say that they're all about supporting women, supporting this, and then you have that situation rise up and then they're only going to like, they're going to keep him out for a third of one season. Like he doesn't even get a game for each woman that he allegedly did. Like that's one game for every four women uh, that came out and said this. So it's, it's just disappointing. It's kind of a bummer. Um, It's really weird seeing a bunch of my friends being okay uh, with six games or okay with it. Like, okay, that's the ruling. Like do the crime or yeah, do the crime, pay the time or whatever. And I don't know, like Michael Vick killed dogs and went to prison and all this other shit and like came back and like that. I can almost forgive that a little bit more because he actually did jail time. He came out, set up a bunch of money, like gave back to, um, animals and like set up a whole bunch of things and like kind of did the whole thing. Ray Lewis murdered a guy, um, and then can't, it's just, you know, like, you got Ray Lewis, um, or no, who, who, the, the running back who knocked that lady out in the elevator, like, he's never gonna be in the league again, and no, like, that's terrible video footage, you don't wanna do that, never hit a woman, ever, um, but if we're doing it by the math, like, he harmed one woman, and is never gonna play football again, where this guy, has harmed at least like double digit women even if half of them come out like and it's like if half of it's fake that's still 12 women that he really did that to and he got six games and he's just gonna be like welcome back because he's good at football it just doesn't it's not a good look it's not a good taste in my mouth um as a former browns fan um so, I mean, I'm going to be watching the Panthers a lot because that's where Baker Mayfield went. And he's not perfect either. Like, I have no problem with imperfect people. Um, it's just when you're harmful to other people, that's the problem. <laughs> um, I don't know. going to watch the Panthers. going to watch the Packers. Um, but it sucks because, like, you get invested into a team. You really enjoy it. You, like, really feel like like that sense of community that you get just like you go to a football game and you see people in your colors and you instantly have that one thing in common and during that time during the week you kind of like okay I don't care who this person votes for I don't care where they work I don't care what they what they believe in but like we all believe in this one thing and then now it's just kind of a bummer that people like choose that over human decency um I don't know, but I get it, like, it's, it's an escape from everything, but you can't just let people who are good at a kid's game act with impunity and kind of get away with things, but, oh well, just don't get to root for the Browns anymore, um, it's not the worst thing that's ever happened, didn't root for them for a long time, but, um, hopefully everybody else on the team kind of gets out of there, um, let's see what we missed. Um, I gained weight last month, and it's something that I've, like, had a problem with is is snacking. So that's something I'm going to, like, have to ratchet back up is working out again a lot more. We've been doing a lot of, like, paddle boarding, uh, which is great because Wisconsin's beautiful. It's closer to – it's more north. It's closer to the sky. uh, So God loves us more. Um, It makes it pretty, except for when it's wintertime and it's, like, cold as balls. But – 
like I, I don't know if it's more muscle or what, but I know I've been snacking way too much, and I gained five pounds, um, so we're going to ratchet that up, um, because if I'm going to be on the road, I need to be healthy enough to be on the road and not die, and be healthy enough to go to show, to show, to show, to show, um, and not hate everything about it, but that's quick on that, um, should have some cool shit coming out here soon, um, who is rayroberts.com, it's just a quick update again, uh, nothing groundbreaking, nothing super interesting, um, might work on another themed thing here soon, if I feel like it, but wanted to put something out, wanted to do an update, especially on the weekend, um, because it's, it's nice to, like, recap that, and kind of, like, get nuggets, and, um, especially when it's, just like the encouraging word. So like if anybody else is doing comedy and like they're going for it, like just at a certain point, unless you're bad, like if you're just bad at it, just, just quit. <laughs> I mean, it's hard to know when you're bad, uh, but you know when you're bad. Um, like when you don't have a good set at all, I don't know, whatever. I'm not going to shit on you. Uh, if you're bad at comedy, quit comedy. You're taking up uh, wavelengths for other people. But I mean, if you're enjoying it, keep doing it because it's fun. Um, and that's like the, that's the thing that it was <clears throat> like, it was a good bite to get from, uh, Dustin. And he said it maybe in passing. So if you asked him and he would never swear on a Bible or anything like that. But after my first set of the weekend, he's like, Oh, that's a good set. And I was like, yeah, like, I mean, I wish it would have gone better, but, um, it is what it is. And he's like, well, I think you're being a little harder on yourself than you need to be. Um, but that's good that you have like expectations and blah, blah, blah. And I was like, yeah, um, I also wanted to throw in some like new things in front of a real crowd. And he's like, oh, well that's kind of a little risk on the first set. And like, it's good that you're doing it. So it's like one of those, like, if you're working towards progress and you're doing it smart, um, and you're willing to take a couple lumps and it's just nice to like hear from somebody else be like, yeah, like maybe I would have done it a different way or like, yeah, like you have, Basically, it's just, like, nice when somebody goes, the way that you're looking at this um, is the right way to look at it, and that's why you're going to be successful over somebody else, um, is what he said in so many words. It's not, like, directly, but, um, like, having fun, enjoying it, but also, like, knowing that it's a business and knowing that um, if you're going to try to make money on it, you have to do certain things, like, it's the line that I've been telling people a lot. We watched, uh, or I watched the documentary on and one street ball. And when one of the people was saying that like NBA players couldn't come to the hood and do what they do. And the response was that, yeah, man, we play basketball when we don't want to play basketball. Like, that's why we're professionals. Like we have to do it to make money. You guys do it when you want. And yeah, you're really good. But like you guys go out and do it while you're high or drunk and just whenever you want to do it, <clears throat> where the difference is like doing it when you don't doing it when there's a bat in the room um you don't want to do that but you do it you fight through it you get it done and that's why you're not better but like more professional more consistent um more a lot reliable and that's why it's worth getting paid to do it and it's always weird like uh when some i saw a tweet that said um the best part about living your dream is eventually, uh, your dream becomes your job. And then you have to like make business decisions about something that you like actually really care about. Um, instead of just like making that one, but I don't know, there's gotta be a middle ground where you can like live your dream, <clears throat> but still, 
uh, do it the right way. And I think that we're getting close to that. And it's it's starting to, to snowball a little bit and starting to go. So I'm excited. It seems to be going well. Um, got a bunch of cool shows coming up. I'm down in Chicago this weekend um, at the Red Room Comedy Club. Uh, it's a fun little spot to do comedy at. Um, I'll be down there doing that. Um, next weekend, I have that show with uh, Milo Turno. Uh, it's in Waterloo, Wisconsin. Um, so I'll post that when I get details. Uh, and then I get to disappear for a few days, going into a cabin and turning my phone off, which I'm very excited about. Have my phone off, not worry about anything, not think about anything. Uh, just going to hang about in nature, read some books, um, do some paddle boarding with the girlfriend and the dog. Uh, maybe get back to um, just like a nice little reset because uh, when you're working a full-time job and trying to do comedy and trying to stay sane and healthy and all that stuff, it's a lot of work. So uh, we're getting to that spot and that'll be fun. And then there's uh, still the big West Coast run in September. So if you know anybody through like LA, Reno, Bozeman, Montana, Boise, Idaho, anywhere like that, share it, let them know. Um, share this podcast. That'd be cool. Even if it's not, I feel like this one's not like a super entertaining episode, but whatever. There's going to be downsides. There's a, there's the whole backlog. All, there's a bunch of good shit like through the same stream. You can go all the way back through to the classy dinner times. Like those were good episodes. Comedy mushroom coal, like the original ones were good. I still think it was good. Um, this is still semi decently interesting. People tend to like it. So I don't know. Check it out. Share it with your friends. Um, we're going to do the song for this week. Um, Beyonce came out with a new album and this isn't going to make sense right up front, but Beyonce came out with a new album. Um, and then we, it, it seemed like it had more like, um, like nineties club music kind of feel like the, um, Ace of Bass kind of deal. Um, so that's where, like, I, uh, I've i been listening to some Ace of Bass lately, uh, and I cut into one of the things, so, um, I don't know, let's jam to some Ace of Bass, um, I don't know the words to this one, so I'm not gonna sing along to it, um, but cool, check it out, have fun, um, share it, buy a shirt, come to a show, do all that good stuff, my life is literally on the line with it at least my ability to be part of a capitalist society not like my actual life um but more money means i can do more comedy and more comedy means i can be happier and if i'm happy you're happy you know what i mean so it's a it's a whole thing um i'm doing this for you it's not for me or my ego it's all for you the fans i don't know it's just uh Let's, uh, let's listen to Ace of Bass instead of me rambling on. Sorry, getting side-jointed. Let's go. 